What is going on, everybody? Is Ian back with another episode for Clubhouse Chatter. Haven't gotten one of these going in a while, so a lot of stuff has happened recently in my life and Grant's life. Grant's been behind on some posts a bit, but everything is fine. We're all, like, fine and healthy, just a lot of schoolwork and stuff. Hopefully winter break will, like, supply us with a bit more time. Like, Grant has been having baseball, he's been having school also with college, I've been having tennis, because I'm taking that very seriously, and I've been having marching band, and I've been having school, I've been having a lot of stuff, but that is not what this episode is about, but I just wanted to give you guys a quick like rundown on why things have been so slow lately, also thank you to everyone that has listened to our podcast We are now up to over 300 listens in total. That is a big milestone for us. We are very happy about that. And so what we are going to be covering in this is a couple of the deals. And then the biggest thing that a lot of people have heard about. We will be covering the lockout. Now, give me a second to get everything about the lockout um, up. Yeah, but first off, we can say it is going to be interesting with this walk-off. Or, sorry, not walk-off, lockout. And what's going to happen? Alright, here's the lockout. So... Basically, this has happened for the first time since 1995. Basically, it is the ninth one in MLB history. And... It's an ongoing work stoppage, pretty much, in the league. Began on December 2nd, after the MLB owners voted unanimously to enact a lockout upon the expiration of the 2016 collective bargaining agreement between the league and the players' union. Issues raised between the league and union involved compensation for young players and limitations on tanking to receive higher selections in the MLB draft. The 2021 lockout is the first one since the 94-95 strike. And if it continues in the time frame of the 2022 MLB season, it will be the first interruption of regular season play since the COVID-related suspensions in 2020. So, many MLB teams, fearing the freeze in contract signings that would arise in a lockout, scrambled to sign prominent free agents at the end of November. More than $1.9 billion in new contracts were signed during the free agency co- during the free agency period before the lockout, including a one-day record of $1.4 billion in contracts signed on December 1st. One day before the CBA was set to expire, the MLBPA made its economic proposal to the MLB. MLB owners and negotiators then discussed the proposal independently, and both sides reconvened later on, for additional negotiations. Talks resumed for seven minutes on the afternoon of December 1st, and then they ended abruptly. The union rejected the league's proposal to drop certain demands, including alterations, to the free agency process. Negotiations came to halt when 
League representatives Dan Halem and Richard Monfort left the hotel. That evening, MLB owners voted unanimously to enact a lockout upon the expiration of the 2016 CBA. And the lockout basically makes it so you can't sign anybody until there's a new deal. There's also going to be no MLB baseball going on, sadly. But that doesn't mean that we're going to stop posting. It might be a bit less because there might not be as much news, but we'll still try and keep posting anything we can. Now, for the signings, there was a lot of them. And I mean a lot of them. Alright, so. Avisel Garcia was signed by the Marlins for a four... For a four-year, $53 million contract, making this Bruce Sherman and Derek Jeter's largest Marlins contract since purchasing the team. Garcia wasn't far removed from 2017 All-Star season, in which he was the runner-up for the NL batting title, while batting 262 this season as a sophomore Brewer. The now 30-year-old set a career best in the long ball department with 29 home runs. He also set a career best in RBIs with 86 and slugged 490. Garcia should be a staple in the Marlins' corner outfield, specifically right field, given his past track record of success on offense. He should be a solid 4 or 5 spot in Don Manning's League 2022 lineup of the Miami men. Joey Wendell was traded from the Rays, for a prospect, I honestly, how I feel about the, uh, you're asking a Rays fan about that, honestly, it's expected of the Rays to trade a good player for a prospect, because they always like to get young prospects and have them turn into MLB stars, and then they get rid of them. But hopefully that doesn't happen with Randy Rosarena and Juan Franco, but you never know. That's just me being the Rays fan here. But... Other than that, that's a good deal because the Rays got a good prospect in return for a good player to Miami. So honestly, not a bad deal. And neither is the Garcia deal. That's a good one. That they need that spot. So they went out and got it. Next up, the the Mariners made a trade to acquire Adam Frazier from the San Diego Padres for Ray Kerr and Corey Rogier. Frazier joined the Padres in hopes that he would be a boost to their lineup as they made a desperate push for the postseason. At the time of this trade, the 2021 All-Star, his first career selection, was hitting an excellent 324 with four home runs and 32 RBIs along with a 662 OPS. Things went all right after the trade, not as entirely expected as the Friars could only get a 267 clip from him, dropping his season average to 305, which is tremendous nonetheless. 2013 sixth rounder will fit in as somewhat of a utility figure in Seattle as he can play not just second base, but all three outfield positions as well if need be. Whatever they can do to keep his solid bat in the lineup near the top, the Mariners will just do that. Will do just that, sorry. Honestly, that's a good deal for the Mariners. They got Adam Frazier. I honestly think the Mariners got a bit less. Out of that deal, or not the Mariners, the Padres got a bit less out of that deal, but hey, they think they didn't because of the fact that Adam Frazier, as I said, didn't have a bad, he did not have a bad at all, second half of the season, but not a completely great one. But, next up, 
the Phillies signed, or sorry, the Astros signed Hector Neris to a two-year, $8.5 million deal. The contract includes a $1 million buyout, and the option could be a player option if Neris reaches 50 games in both years of the contract, 60 games in 2023, or combined 110 games in the two years. This and Neris's eight-year run as a Philly that began back in 2014. Neris became a workhorse out of the Phillies' bullpen over these eight years, racking up a total of 4,072 relief innings of 3.42 ERA baseball. He also posted 520 strikeouts along the way with a 1.192 whip with an 8.8 percentage walk percentage and a 40.1% ground ball rate. Twice, Neris racked 20-plus saves in a season, 26 26 in 2017 and 28 in 2019, while tallying a total of 84 saves during his eight years as a Philly. But he lost his closer role during the 2021 season and will most likely settle for a mid-inning or setup role in Houston. Nonetheless, Nair should be a boost to the Astros' bullpen, looking for aid in backing up star arms such as Lance McCullers Jr., AL Rookie of the Year finalist, and World Series Game 1 starter for Amber Valdez. That is a good deal for Houston. It buffs up their bullpen just a bit more. And honestly, you can never buff up your bullpen too much. As the Mets have definitely seen. Alright. The Braves brought in Kirby Yates on a two-year $8.25 million contract. Yates was slated to be the closer for the Blue Jays this season, but Tommy John surgery in early spring took away his whole 21 se- 2021 season as well. What he is expected removed, though, from a dominant 2019 as San Diego's closer when he led baseball with 41 saves, had a 1.19 ERA and a slick .890 whip, and made it to his first career All-Star game. If he can get healthy in time mid-season and get to the Braves' bullpen somewhat close to that 2019 form, then 34-year-old Hawaiian should be a huge asset to a Braves' bullpen that is coming off a solid championship 2021 season nonetheless. Now, I would like to say all this information is coming from Grant. From Grant, who is the co-founder with me of this podcast. He makes all of our posts. That's on, I'm going to be honest with you. That's where I'm reading all this stuff. You can find all this stuff on our page, and you'll be able to see it. We got a couple of signings that happened, actually. Sorry. Well, we'll start earlier. We'll, we'll start earlier here. We'll go with, all right. Giants signed manager Cabe Kepler to a three-year contract extension. The financial details were unknown at the time. He will remain a Giant until at least the end of 2024. Kepler, the replacement to Bay icon Bruce Bocce, following the 2019 season, took the Giants to great unexpected heights in 2021. His squad topped the Dodgers for NL West title and got the Giants a franchise record 107 wins. The 660 winning percentage being the team's fifth highest in franchise history. Kapler's tremendous coaching staff, not to mention Kapler himself, in addition to the depth he built behind his stars with unlikely heroes like Lamonte Wade Jr., Darren Ruff, 
and Wilmer Flores created the pathway for his, this extension to occur. In addition, he could very well win NL Manager of the Year. Well, we congratulate Gabe Kepler on his success as a giant and on his contract. We wish him well in his future in the Bay Area. The Tigers have bolstered their starting rotation with the addition of longtime Red Sox southpaw Eduardo Rodriguez. He will receive a five-year, $77 million contract from the Tigers. Rodriguez was a staple in the Sox's rotation since the team acquired him as a top prospect from the Orioles at the 2014 trade deadline for Andrew Miller. Over six seasons in Boston, he posted a 4.16 ERA with a 1.313 whip and 892 strikeouts and 856.2 innings pitched. Even amidst a health condition that wiped out his entire 2020 season and some struggles in 2021 with a 4.74 ERA, 1.389 whip, and a, a .277 opponent batting average, Rodriguez still has a solid lifetime record of 64-39, and 39, a .621 winning percentage, and a fresh arm at just 28 years of age. The Tigers will be getting a solid veteran presence, one that is already a World Series champion and one who hopes to bring back one back to Detroit in the near future. He will help to mentor young arms like Casey Mize and Matt Manning, who, if all these young guys pan out, should help create an exciting future for the Tigers in the pitching department. That is a definite good um, signing by the Red Sox. Then you have, first they acquired him at the trade deadline, now they've extended him. Jose Barrios was there, is here to stay in Toronto thanks to a seven-year, $131 million contract extension. That is a very good signing by them. The Yankees re-signed Jolie Rodriguez to a minor league contract with an invitation to spring training. And then we have the MLB award winners. Now, we may be a bit late on this one, but... Here we go. The MVP. You have Shohei Otani in the AL, Bryce Harper in the NL. Otani had a very, very good year for the Angels, even though he had some injuries happening. He could pitch, he could hit, he could field, he could do it all. He even played right field in one game. Then you have Bryce Harper, always in that in that uh, conversation for MVP. He is a very, very good player and probably will always be until he retires. Rookie of the year, Randy Rosarena for the AL, Jonathan India for the NL. Randy Rosarena, somehow still a rookie, um, and he deserved that by technically still being a rookie due to technicality. Um, he deserved that award. And then uh, Jonathan India definitely deserved it. Great shortstop for the Reds. Cy Young, Robbie Ray for the AL, Corbin Burns for the NL. Corbin Burns had a monstrous year this year. He deserved that 1,000%. Robbie Ray had a great year for the Blue Jays. Probably their best pitcher this year. And then manager Kevin Cash for the second year in a row for the AL regular season champ Rays. And Gabe Kepler for the regular season NL champs in the NL. Gabe Kepler led the Giants to that best record in the NL with 107 wins, barely beating out the Dodgers, who also had 107 wins. It was kind of interesting to see that, but 
very good season by the Giants. And congratulations to Gabe Kepler. Also, congratulations to Kevin Cash. He has defied the odds with this Rays team. Honestly, if you asked any Rays fan or any MLB fan, if they thought, or like in 2016, if they thought the Rays in two years would be a 90-72 and team, they would have laughed. I'm sorry, they would have. And the fact that he has done this and led them to that, best record in the AL the last two years, World Series in 2020, even though they lost, it's incredible. Especially when people say they don't have enough talent, or and especially with them having one of the lowest payrolls in the league, too. Comeback Player of the Year, Trey Mancini, who came back from cancer treatment this year and had a great year. We congratulate you, Trey Mancini, on the journey that you've had to come back, and we are very glad that you are back and playing in the MLB. Buster Posey for the NL. He got injured a lot last year in 2020, and he had a monstrous year leading that Giants team as the veteran catcher. And he deserved it completely. Hank Aaron Ward, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., honestly, definitely deserved it. Hit a lot of home runs. Hit more than Joey Otani. Otherwise, Otani would have won it. Bryce Harper hit the most home runs in the NL. And was the best hitter in the NL, so that's all you can say. Boom, he deserved that one. Ver- Verlander was re-signed by the Astros to a two-year, $50 million contract through 2023. He had initially rejected the Astros' qualifying offer. And here's the part where things get a bit sad. We mourn the loss, even though it is a bit late. We mourn the loss of Pedro Feliciano as he died on the 8th of November and Julio Lugo, as he died on the 15th of November. And now that that has happened, we get back to the signings. Noah Syndergaard was signed by the Angels to a one-year $21 million deal. Dodgers signed Andrew Heaney to a one-year $8.5 million deal. The Angels traded... Tyler Wade, or sorry, Tyler Wade was traded to the Angels in exchange for a cash or a player to be named later. Rays, and here's probably one of the biggest set of news of the whole offseason. Rays Nation obviously loves Wander Franco, the former non-one prospect in all of baseball. Now they will enjoy his Wanders for years to come. As the team has handed him an 11-year, $182 million contract extension through 2032. He is not even 21 years old yet. And his contract tops any player who received a massive contract before having a year of service time. It is a raise record beating Evan Longoria's $100 million deal and a baseball record beating Ronald Acuna's $100 million deal. Franco is coming off a season in which he had the amazing 43 consecutive Games on base streak and batted 288 with 7 home runs and 39 RBIs in 70 games while also being a 2021 Rookie of the Year nominee. There is much to be excited about regarding Franco and now the Rays will be able to witness that in the long run as they build around their new superstar in Wander Franco. The Giants have re-signed two of their most productive stars from their 
magical 2021 campaign, Anthony Deslafani has received a three-year, $36 million contract, and Alex Wood was given a two-year, $10 million contract. The Bruder, the Brewers agreed to a one-year, $1.9 million contract with Pedro Severino. The Angels signed another Mets pitcher as they've added bullpen depth with the signing of Aaron Loop to a two-year, $17 million deal. The Miami Marlins extended Sandy Alcantara as they agreed on a five-year $56 million extension through 2026 with a $21 million club option as well as a $2 million buyout. Byron Buxton had been extended for seven years, $100 million, $100 million from the Twins to be their center fielder of the future. In the span of 72 hours, shortly before they made the biggest free agent splash yet, the Mets took care of three contracts, including Starling Monte for a four-year, $78 million deal, Eduardo Escobar, two years, $20 million, and first baseman Mark Kana, two years, $26.5 million. And that's not all. The biggest signing of the day as of November 29th, Max Scherzer. He was signed by the Mets. He betrays the Nationals and signs with the Mets for a three-year, $175 million contract. Wow. Just like Bryce Harper going to the Phillies. Wow. I, I couldn't believe it when I read that one. Marcus Simeon left the Blue Jays. For one magical season with them for a seven-year, $175 million contract with the Rangers. And Robbie Ray, who had a great year with the Blue Jays, signed with the Mariners. It was kind of uh, interesting to say the least. Rangers won the Corey Seager sweepstakes and... A 10-year, $325 million contract that will make Seager the shortstop of the decade for the Lone Star Rangers. Tigers were looking at both Javier Baez and Carlos Correa as possible fits to be the shortstop of the future in Motor City. However, it was announced recently that days before the December 1st cutoff, Javi Baez was the guy. The team has signed the 28-year-old to a 6-year, $144 million contract with an opt-out after the 2023 season. And the deal for Robbie Ray, for leaving the Bray, the Jays, sorry, was a five-year contract with the Mariners. So, what did the Blue Jays do? They went out and signed Kevin Gosman to a five-year, $110 million contract through 2026. The Brewers bought in Kirby Yates on a two-year, or brought in, sorry, Kirby Yates on a two-year, $8.25 million contract. And that is all for the news. This season has been very fun with the Nash... Sorry, not the Nationals. With the Braves winning the World Series. Freddie Freeman finally getting that ring. And some interesting facts. The Braves were 44-44 and heading into the All-Star break. And as we all know, Hank Aaron did die this year. That was a rough loss for the baseball community. 
They ended up going, sorry, they had 44 wins going into the All-Star break. They got 44 wins at the end of the year, in the second half of the year. And they won the World Series on the 44th week of the year. That, if that's, that's pretty crazy. That's all I'm going to say. But I hope you all enjoyed this episode of Clubhouse Chatter. And we'll hope you all stick around. We'll see you in the next one.